0: Hello everyone, welcome to Creative Within, a podcast about building your own career in the design, animation, and motion graphics world. We bring creative entrepreneurs to share their journey to the top. They will inspire you and give that little push you need to take your own actions. I'm your host, Dion. I'm a motion graphics consultant and a co-founder of Superpixel, an animation studio based in Singapore and Indonesia. You can check out our website at superpixel.sg Jeremiah Su founded a production company that reached London and Tokyo. He is captivated by the idea of financial freedom. He uses whatever skills he has to actually pursue this. With a multi-level marketing experience, he reminds us that business is not to serve our ego but to feed your stomach. His approach is pragmatic, but realistic at its
1: best. Uh, hi, my name is Jeremiah and I run a content creation firm in Singapore with, with arms in uh, Hong Kong and Tokyo as well. <laughs> you need to prompt me with questions ready, but that's it, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so Jeremiah, last you, I know you you run this uh, production company in. You have branch in Hong Kong and Tokyo, right? Mm. And I know, I as far as I know, I only know you from when you were uh, a freelance editor. So, would you like to describe on on like the path that led you to where you are today?
1: Wow. Like, okay, yeah. so it all started when my father met my mother, right? <laughs> my my mother was a. <laughs> Okay, No. well, well where, do we, where do we even begin? Gosh, um, maybe your formative years. Okay, so I studied mass communications in Nyang Polytechnic, and I actually wanted to be a radio DJ when I entered the course. But then I realized that I, my voice kind of sounds like shite, so I didn't pursue that. <laughs> In my, in my final year, I actually went on to documentary productions and I did a documentary for Mediacorp. Three of us, we actually followed a family with a son who had cerebral palsy and we did a 10-minute video to document this mother and child and the trials and tribulations and challenges they faced. La. But we didn't go down the sob story route like, Ugh, you know, cry, boo hoo. We actually focused on the triumph and the positive light and the documentary was actually called My Son Jonathan. And it depicted how a mother brought up a family with a son who had CP. And it was, it was a very good film. I, I, I would say that that was really the stepping stone and the start of my career in content production. So after that, I went on to MediaCorp on air promotions for Channel 5. I was the uh, on air editor. So, I did all the interstitials, all your 30 seconders, all your... In your Mega Monday movie, not the voiceover, but the editor. You know, all your, all your all commercials and stuff like that. And from there, I, I learned how to do storytelling, narrative. Because doing an interstitial, the scope that was involved is getting a movie. Watching through the movie... And from that, creating our own storyline. So it might be teasers or trailers on what the movie is about, or it can be totally out-of-this-world narratives. A good example would be Ella Enchanted. This movie is about um, Anna Hathaway, right? Being suddenly sucked into this magical world and being a princess. Uh, But then, back then, during that time, Rihanna's umbrella song was very popular. So how I edited the 30-second trailer is to just get sound bites of whenever people say Ella's name in the movie. So it was like Ella, Ella, eh, eh? <laughs> you know, so and then I just that was the basis and the structure of my entire 30-second film. It was really like WTF night. But I mean, my, my producers, my, my superiors were like, goddamn. This this child, uh, this Jeremiah boy, had, had, has has a really odd brain and how he sees things is very different, uh, you know. And I would say that kind of boosted my ego, you know, because I'm a narcissistic bastard. <laughs> no, la, but it it encouraged me la, in terms of storytelling, content creation, and also coming up with narratives that is outside the norm. And then from there, I actually graduated from Media Corps on-air promotions for Channel 5 to doing long-form content for uh, uh, this, this Chinese Mandarin, Mandarin series called Chuang Startup, directed by Philip Lim, who was back then, and still is, the founder and director of Woosh Pictures. And he, as a director, actually um, created a movie called Teenage Textbook and also a lot of prolific stuff for Octone, Art Central. He used to be from MTV. So I did this half a year stint with him and I learned a lot from this director, you know, because I was an associate producer. I was basically like a really, uh, uh, no shit, you know. So (laughs) I entered the industry not knowing anything, only knowing how to edit editing fast, and he taught me about associate producing, taught me about directing, about assistant directing, about shooting, about lighting, everything, because I was very intrigued by the production life. So I was part and parcel of every single aspect of production. And then from there, I actually moved on to other other places like Moving Visuals, where I was a freelance editor. So I edited programs and, and, and commercials for them. I also went on to work with... Wow! I can name all the people. Intuitive films uh, um, apostrophe films uh, uh, a post office. Uh, so these are all, all your freelance. Yes, these were all my freelance gigs. But so meaning after
0: you you had a full time job and then you left and you
1: yes pursue so a after freelance my f- career. Full time gig. I, I did a lot of freelance things um, How long were you and, in the full time job
0: last time? Uh, two years. Okay. Then,
1: then what, made that, you, I...
0: what made you decide to, to jump into the freelance?
1: That's a good question. Uh, I would say the motivating factor for me moving into freelancing was really because I always wanted to be my Bring your own beer. <laughs> no, I wanted to be my own boss. Lah. Before uh, going into polytechnic, I was already in a lot of MLMs. I was in a. I was a scammer, la, You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My, f- <laughs> My first like pyramid. No, okay. Let's 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 not devalue the MLM industry. I was in referral marketing. Okay. So the first network marketing and referral marketing company I was involved with was called Forever Living Products. So they they basically marketed all products that were used. They used essence of aloe vera. So, aloe vera shampoo, aloe vera toothpaste, you know, whatever like everything involved with aloe vera. You know, I sold it to my, to my secondary school friends. <laughs> I was a hustler, man. I was like, fucking out there. But then after a while, it was like, uh, this is tiring. Because you know how all um, network marketing companies, they always sell you a dream. They sell you this prospect of, wow, you know, you hustle, you work hard for three years and then you can become a high-level passive income earner. And then you have people in your downline, your boots, your streams, whatever, different names, same shit, different smell. Lah. And they, they were selling this dream, this lifestyle of being financially free. Uh, so I bought into that idea lah, and I've always wanted to be my own boss. So from Forever Living Products, I'm, I'm now digressing uh, you know, from content production to talk about my dreams of grandeur. From forever living, I actually went on to another company called M-Way, American Way, you know, selling FMCG products. I still use them up to this day because I actually believe in the products and, and the messaging. Uh, I was in that for like two years during my time in polytechnic. Same thing, like hustling, selling selling products to my classmates, you know, toothpaste, shampoo. <laughs> water filtration systems. Um, but I would say that from these MLM companies right instilled it, a sense of like never satisfied, always wanting to achieve more because I know that I'm worth it uh. just like Maybelline or L'Oreal, you know this brand. I'm worth it. <laughs> and and from there I always wanted to have this uh, this inner yearning in me to always, be better than what I am yesterday so the only competition is myself and I'm benchmarking my success on myself so oh my god how do you even come to this oh you asked me why did I freelance I freelance because I wanted to be my own boss and I wanted to achieve this sense of self-worth because back then being a young hung full of calm, I maybe you can take that out <laughs> uh, I I wanted to build something for myself uh, so I freelance, freelance, but I guess the turning point for me into creating or starting my own company was when I, was me- when I-, when I met you in Abundant Productions, you know, and Ben sell was a very, I would say he was a very nurturing boss. He actually taught us a lot of things. He taught us what to do, what not to do. And I learned a lot also from, from under Ben sell's tutelage and doing editing in Abundant Productions. Yeah. so from so, there mm-hmm. yes sorry yeah you so from there I started
0: oh, mention wow, about your, me <laughs> your your MLM right and then also it, did, did that also inspire you to start your own business because of yeah. you doing that MLM definitely so the, the idea of freedom being financially free and and Correct. using what you have what skills you have to actually pursue this okay
1: yes so, what, what, my, what my journey in these MLM companies taught me, uh, oh, by the way, I'm also using like doTERRA right now, which is essential oils, which is also another MLM company. Yeah, man, what the hell, man? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but what these MLM companies taught me is really to hustle hard. What it didn't tell me is the elements involved in running your own business. Because in an MLM, you are kind of building someone else's dream. Your upline, the people who started, all the pioneers. You're not really building your own dream. You're building your own fantasy. You know, you're building on your own ideal lifestyle, but you're not building your own dream. So, when I started uh, Cinema Variety Pictures, it was a solo I was a sole prop and. Wow, running a company was so fucking difficult, you know? It was not easy. I can curse and swear, right? You know what? Never mind. You're you're probably going to edit this out. But I learned a lot of things the hard way. I learned how to... Accounts, running my accounts. I learned how to have understanding of bottom lines, profit, revenue, you know? And... These things were not taught to me anyway. I didn't learn business uh, in, in school. I, I didn't learn this when I was in MLM. And as a freelancer, I only had to take care of myself. Whatever I earn is mine, right? And when I started CVP, I wanted to build something bigger than myself, you know? I wanted to build a legacy for myself. I wanted to build something that I will be remembered by because, like I, like I mentioned, I had that ego in me, you know? I was an egotistical, maniac, bastard piece of shit, la. So, when I when I started to do a lot of jobs, because of my level of excellence, because of the quality of my outputs, and because also, I would guess, because of my persona, my charisma, and also my sales attitude and aptitude, I managed to bring in big accounts. I managed to grow from one person to two, to three, to six, to eight. And I would say that yeah, it has been a fun journey so far. La. But then things evolve. I evolve as a person, individually. I also evolve as a person, as a business owner. And two years ago, or one and a half years ago, actually two years ago, a wise business owner, multi-business owner, he actually told me that Having a legacy is just another way to sugarcoat yourself and say that you are a narcissistic egomaniac. Ah. And then back then, because I didn't see that in myself, I was like, god damn, this British guy is so rude, nah? This bastard, Angmo. <laughs> but then it actually made me think: like, okay, why am I holding? why am I holding this idea, you know, holding the fast of this, this, this brand or, or cinema variety pictures? Why do I treat it like a baby? He then told me like, you shouldn't treat it as, you know, a baby. You should just treat it as a vehicle that can help you earn income. Because what do you want to achieve, Jeremiah? You want to achieve financial freedom, right? You cannot be financially free if you're bound to something. And then it got me thinking, uh, wow, shit, man. This 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 white man like has some good insights. Uh. Yeah, I'm fucking racist. Uh. Asian power. You're going to have a lot of difficult time editing this interview. Uh, sorry, bro, but <laughs> it, is, like, it is what it is. I am who I am. Okay. Yes, yes, please. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yes, but sure. another, another person also did tell me that business is never sentimental. Once you put mm-hmm. emotions and person um, making it personal, right? That can actually be a downfall
0: because mm. it will make you
1: stubborn it will make you headstrong and it won't allow you to be moldable flexible nimble yeah. or even open to change you become very narrow-minded so two years ago i actually accepted investment you know one-third of my company to this holding company and i've seen things grow and i've learned different perspectives of creativity of business of running a team uh, from small to large And to managing uh, overseas operations it's it's not easy but the journey is fun and I'm enjoying myself. Wow I talk so much man Leon. Nice. you getting good stuff or not? Yeah yeah of course it's good. No because I
0: think you mentioned about having your own legacy and also you know business is not to serve your ego and you you see this business as, eventually you see this as a vehicle for you to be financially free, right? So, yep. how does this view of having this legacy, right? So, I think some people who started their own business, they wanted, I think we started from the same place that we want to build something for ourselves, to yep. probably like fame, besides money, I think fame, right? And I want to show the world that I can do this. And how does this hinder you, you know, from being financially free? Which I think ultimately this is your goal, I, I, I suppose, right?
1: Mm. I wouldn't say that when I started CVPA, I wanted to be famous. Like it, was, it was never about fame. It was definitely, certainly never about awards because I don't give a fuck about awards. Like. Awards mm-hmm. are really for... Yeah. Like, like what um, <laughs> uh, the, the CD, Creative Director for O&M. Shit, man, what's his name? Uh? He's my idol, but I can't remember his name. <sighs> creative. He he recently was, was a speaker in the uh, advertising week JPEG webinar. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, I need to I need to find out his name because I need to quote him. Shit, what's his name? Fuck. <laughs> ah okay, never mind, but basically the creative director of O&M, he did say that awards uh, and award um sessions, award festivals is really creative stroking each other's balls uh, yeah. because yeah. they create things not for the masses. They create things for yeah. other creatives to like, well, you know, give them yeah. a, a applause. So for me, it was really more about doing good work, producing creative stuff and earning money in the process. Uh. That was my initial thoughts five years ago when I started CineKey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I think it, it wasn't wrong, right? No. I, would, yeah. I mean, it's how most creatives start their businesses, yeah they we, we started good hmm. work, right? they want to do cinematic stuff, they want to have nice art styling, they want to have nice lights. but then when I look back at the first three years when I was a sole performmmer, when I did nice work, I didn't really earn a lot because most of the budget was pumped back into production to make things look nice mm. I guess that is where a lot of creators and creatives fall into this rabbit hole because they create nice things to serve their ego. I might ruffle a lot of feathers when I say this, but it is true. Like when director of of photography or, or cinematographers, they specifically want to use a type of camera or a type of lens. It's not really to serve the objective of the client, but it's to serve their own bola. Their ego, okay. Because then they, work, they can add it into their portfolio and say, wow, this is, you look at this work, wow, it's so sexy. Why? Because I shot it on this camera, on this lens, with this gaffer, with this light. And then um, that's when I actually shifted from creative thinking, my left brain to my right brain, which is my corporate logical thinking. How to earn money? How to be financially free? And to do that, you really need to scale. From scaling, you need to sustain. And most importantly, you need to be profitable. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of like uh, my, my, my team's brand name, CVP. You need to be credible, need to be visible, then you can be profitable. <laughs> wow, that's, that's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true, it's true. So, the mm-hmm. only way to be really financially free when you start a business is to get a good core team, build the business, have good processes, have good structure, have good organization, and then build on that. What works, build. What doesn't work? a yeah. way. Remove. Same with team members. Who are good, keep who are not good, either mentor, talk to them. But if they are toxic, remove. Mm-hmm. So for me, right, because I'm still on this journey, I cannot tell you like, oh Dion, I'm financially free right now in C D P man. Yeah, I'm like bathing in dollars. I'm <laughs> a, I'm like balling. Yeah, down, of course man. not. We are all sharing our journey one. But- yeah, but I mean, eventually, I hope to build something that has its own mind, own brain, own legs, and it evolves and it becomes organic and just runs on its own. Lah. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then for me to be financially free, I will then need to move myself into the board of directors and then just oversee the company as it runs by itself. No?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So from an eyes of, from an eye of a creative, right? Who maybe are starting their own business. I think it's quite common, right? For creative business that, okay, this company is this person, right? And I think you are saying that to detach, you know, from, I know CVP and okay, CVP is Jeremiah. So you want to actually step away from that, that perception so that you know the business can run by themselves by itself yeah, yeah and then you can be free doing whatever you want right yeah correct yeah but and I, I think that leads to another question that you know once you actually free from this uh creative mindset like uh you know i want to create a kick-ass stuff that is related quite strongly to cvp right and then now that you don't have that you know was it like a quite a journey for you like a difficult journey to actually detach yourself detaching yourself from this this ideal from this creativity and into the this more into like a business and how do you actually keep the balance
1: well that's a very very good question it's actually a few questions. It's not just yes, one question. Yes. Mr. Dionysius Katalaksana. <laughs> I think that, you see, right? To answer your first question, uh, yeah. what advice can I give to creators or creatives who want to start their own business? I would say, right, if creativity is your passion, right, then don't do your passion. <laughs> Honestly, okay. because when you when you apply your passion to a work element, eventually, you will lose that passion and you will hate what you like to do, which is very sad. You know? Yeah, Were call. you in that position before? Uh, thank goodness, no, because I still love what I do and I have evolved in terms of what I love to do. So, uh, when you start a business, whether you like to draw, you like to take photo- photographs, try and do that as a hobby and then separate this element of business into something that is objective. So let's take photography, for example. Maybe you love to do portraits or even architectural or even narrative photography. Keep that as a hobby. But then use uh, your business to do maybe headshots to do stuff that actually can fund your hobby. Because if you make narrative photography your main business, well, eventually, if you don't make money, if you burn out, you're gonna fucking hate yourself, lah. You know. So for me, when I first started making videos and all that, it was my passion. I enjoyed uh, creating quality work. But then, as I evolved running the business, my passion moved from creating content to creating revenue. <laughs> so I moved from a creative standpoint to more of a business-making standpoint, and I enjoyed seeing how CVP grew. Because you, you mentioned something, CVP is Jeremiah, Jeremiah is CVP. Yes, that was three years ago, but now CVP group is no longer Jeremiah. CVP group consists of the team members that make up CVP group. It is no longer me, it is no longer my brand. It is my team's brand, and they have say in how they shape and evolve the brand itself. I am just an observer, you know, running, steering the ship, I'm the captain. But the people are the one manning the ship itself. So I just make sure that the company doesn't run aground. But they are the ones who are in the day-to-day grind, they are the ones who are actually servicing this and everything itself. So what was your question again, god damn it.
0: (laughs) No, I think it's quite interesting that you mentioned, okay, if you, your hobby is probably like B, right? Then don't do B as your business. So do A or B minus one, but how, but you are actually good at your hobby, right? I think, how can you start a business out of not like your non-hobby? That means, you know, everyone started from what they are good to do. They are good at, and then they develop this into a business.
1: Mm. Yeah. So, what's your take on that? Okay, I would say that there is actually two schools of thought for that. Mm -hmm. Okay? When you're very, very good at something and you're actually paid to do that, that can actually be your main source of income. Let's take, for example, Night Hour Cinematics, right? They were good at creating sketches and comedy. And then brands started to onboard and then ask them to create stuff for them. So, and, uh, Night hour Cinematic still had the creative leeway and, and authority on the creation process. But if, let's say, you're a video creator and you're good at what you do, but then you start to do things that you don't really like to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you don't like to do documentaries, you don't like to do interviews.
0: Yeah, but you have to do it anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. Correct. Then you will eventually burn out, la. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I I feel that how do you segregate this? Uh, you need to be uh, you need to be very objective. You need to understand why do you do what you do. If you do not understand it right, you will lose sight of your roadmap and you lose sight of your path eventually. Lah. Yeah. Okay. I hope that answers your question. Eh. Does it answer yeah, your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. hmm You sure? You you seem very uh, hesitant and not confident of my answer. <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking yeah okay I mean honestly right I feel another uh, so that's the the two schools of thought but the main inhibitor for businesses to grow is really ego Mm -hmm. and creatives artists being artists right they hone their craft they are proud of their works you know and sometimes they are unable to let go of certain things I know of this very prolific... uh, I don't know if I want to use that as a case study. But... Okay. I know this very prolific content creator in the industry for very long, okay? That person actually won a lot of awards for his content creation. Uh, I don't want to go into specifics, but that person's work is amazing. Like, people will engage that person for a very specific type of look, imagery, mm-hmm. visuals. And that person was really, really into their craft. And I would say that they were a master of their craft. But then, they couldn't move off of their craft. And then, they started to be very, very cynical and pessimistic because nobody was engaging them for that specific thing and then they went down the rabbit hole of no i don't want to i don't want to take this i don't want to take that i only want to take this specific thing that i'm very very good at and then eventually their brand kind of fizzled out and they're now doing something else which is damn fucking sad you know from a Creative and a content creator POV from myself to see them, you know, pinnacle and then plateau and then just die out. It's it's very sad because of being headstrong, because of being stubborn and not being able to be relevant to the times and also be like a snake. No, 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 that's not a good analogy. To be like a piece of clay, you know, to be molded.
0: Be like so, water, I think like Bruce Lee.
1: Whoa, be like water, Bruce Lee, yeah man, <laughs> you are right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. You occupy yeah. the shape of the thing that you're being poured into. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So actually looking out looking out of like, you know, of your yourself and see what other people need and what other people loves, right? Rather than yeah. what I like to do as a business.
1: I mean there are definitely positive success stories of people who do what they do, love what they do, excel at what they do, and then build an empire on what they do. You know? I mean, WTF, sorry. One of my <laughs> tripods just like fell down. It's okay. Me. Wow. Got ghosts. Uh. Office got ghosts, yeah? Uh, shit, I, I lost my train of thought. But yeah, there are people who, who are able to do that. And it's great, you know? But, don't fall into that fairy tale lifestyle to think that every story is a has a happy ending. If you always want happy ending, go to you know your time as such. <laughs> but no, I mean you gotta be realistic sometimes, lah, you know. You gotta understand reality. Because in in producing a service or product you always need to understand the gaps in the market the issues and the problems in the market and how your service or product can value add to the market and also solve that problem if you're very good at what you do and it solves nothing then like i said leave it as a hobby to satisfy yourself your inner creative child your inner hunger for for you know maslow's hierarchy of needs enlightenment yeah. self-actualization but then you need to cover your basic needs of, of money, right? And to do that, sometimes I wouldn't say you need to sell out, but you need to do necessary activities to pursue that. Yeah.
0: Mm. And I think it's quite a natural for progression, right? From like a creative and then when once you, you are actually dreaming of starting your own business, and then there's this shift of perspective, right? Like, okay, I love to do this. I want to. I want people to buy what I love to do, mm. but the reality I think is different, right? I mean, oh, I mean yeah. at least based on your experience and I think you are in or, this, you have this very strong opinion of separating your passion and also your <laughs> rice bowl, I would say, right? Your, mm. your main Passion job.
1: and profit lah. Mm.
0: Yeah, passion and profit. There's these two separation and how to make this into a harmony, la, right?
1: Mm -hmm. yep correct okay
0: yeah I think we have covered pretty much most of what I would like to ask to you awesome and maybe last question what advice would you like to your your 20 year old self
1: wow what advice would I like to give my 20 year old self (sighs) don't have fear I would say don't have fear just fucking do it. La. Hmm.
0: Just do it. Don't have fear. Yeah,
1: just do it. Correct. I feel like I I started out very late. I I wouldn't say that I have a lot of regrets if I were to do anything differently I probably would not. But just just do it lah. Because if you are fearful and you don't execute then you will never know what the results are. You will never know what the outcomes are. You have nothing to base your experience on. You'll just be thinking. And I'm an overthinker. Lah, so <laughs> Yeah, so just don't yeah. have fear. Just do it. Lor. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's like this: if there's a choice of turning left or right, just pick on one first without thinking too much, right? If right doesn't All work, right. then you just go to the, the other direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay, man. Thank you
1: so much for your time. It's my pleasure. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm also very, very happy for your journey because you are kicking ass and taking names. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's been quite yes. a journey. Yes. Yeah, It is. It is. And it's only chapter one out yeah. of 100. It's just the beginning. All right. All right. Thank you so much, okay. Dion. I really appreciate you. Thanks.
0: Thank you for joining us. We'd love to hear your thoughts about the series. Get in touch and email us at creativewithin.podcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We believe in learning from others and doing it in our own way. After listening to this episode, what steps will you take?